0: This is it was a thing on TV.
1: Total red man has ever done something
0: like this. To me. It's a
1: Ladies and gentlemen, I give you The Dregs of Humanity. Episode 208, submission 975. Kolchek, the night stalker. Kolchek, the night stalker aired on EVC from September 13th, 1974 to March 28th, 1975, for a total of 20 episodes. guys, we talk about cult classics and well when you think of cult classics on television this has got to be like one of the first shows that's mentioned
2: oh yeah, I mean this is a show that didn't last but one season but it is brilliant enough to be sort of the uh, genesis of further science fiction further supernatural fiction, further uh, explanatory fiction.
1: Yeah, sort of like that. Okay, a little backstory here. The main character in this series originated in an unpublished novel called The Kolchak Papers, written by Jeff Rice. In it, a Las Vegas newspaper reporter named Carl Kolchak tracks down and beats a serial killer who turns out to be a vampire. So this novel was adapted as ABC approached Rice with an offer to option the Kolchak Papers and was adapted by Richard Matheson into a television movie called The Night Stalker. The Night Stalker was produced by Dan Curtis and was directed by John Llewellyn Moxie with the title role of Carl Kolchak being played by uh, the legendary Darren McGavin. Ah, fragile! It must be Italian.
0: Well, I think that says fragile,
1: honey. Oh, yeah. The cast also included Carol Lindley, Simon Oakland, Ralph Meeker, Claude Akins, Charles McGraw, Kent Smith, Stanley Adams, Alicia Cook Jr., Larry Linville, Jordan Rhodes, and Barry Atwater as the vampire. The Night Stalker first aired on January eleventh, nineteen seventy-two, on ABC, and garnered the highest ratings for any TV movie at that time, with a thirty-three point two rating and a fifty-four share. Now, that was an impressive rating, and it inspired ABC to make another television movie, which Richard Matheson again wrote, called The Night Strangler, which featured a serial killer in Seattle. Who strangled his victims and used their blood to keep himself alive for over a century. Kolchek recruits an exotic dancer and psychology student named Luis Harper, played by Are You Ready for This Guys? Okay. Joanne Plug.
2: I'd see that. I totally see that.
1: To assist him in tracking down the Strangler. Now Simon Oakland replies his earlier role from the other TV movie as Kolchek's editor. Toadie Vincenzo, and the cast also included Richard Anderson, Scott Brady, Wally Cox, Margaret Hamilton, John Carradine, Nina Wayne, and Grandpa Al Lewis.
2: Who we discussed in the 1-900 episode.
1: Oh yeah, the 1-900 numbers episode last year. But again, this did very well, and in 1973, late in the year, Mavison and William F. Nolan completed a script for an intended third TV movie called The Night Killers, which was a story about android replicas. But ABC decided that it wanted to do a weekly
2: series instead. So they were going to do Future World before Future World came out?
1: Yeah, basically. Oh, where were Betty White and Alan Ludden when he needed them? Oh. Because they were in Future World. After some negotiation, McGavin agreed to return as Kolchak and served as the series' executive producer, although he was not credited as such. However, neither ABC nor Universal had obtained Jeff Rice's permission, and he sued the studio. The suit was resolved shortly before the series aired in the fall of 1974, replacing Toma on the network's Friday night schedule. Rice received an on-screen credit as the creator of the series. The first four episodes were aired under the title of The Night Stalker, And then after a month-long hiatus, the series was renamed and returned as Kolchak, the Night Stalker. So there you go. So in this series, Carl Kolchak is a reporter for the Chicago branch of a fictional small wire service called the Independent News Service, or INS. It's weird, because whenever I watch this series and whenever he said that he was from INS, I'm like, wait, what? Because obviously you think of INS as something else nowadays. Well, immigration back...
2: and naturalization service.
1: Yes. But obviously that's not what it is. No. Cause it would be a very different series if it was.
2: Uh yeah.
1: Okay. So let's go into the characters, shall we? I already mentioned Carl Kolchek, who's played by Darren McGavin. Kolchek is a talented but outspoken investigative reporter with an affinity for bizarre and supernatural occurrences obtaining information driving around Chicago in his yellow Ford Mustang convertible and snatching exclusives armed with his compact Roll-A-16 camera and portable cassette recorder. Using limited information, Kolchek cracks several cases relying on his gut instinct and often prevailing through dumb luck. More often than that, his prospects are hampered by the destruction of evidence to prove his claims, advancing the sheer impossibility of his stories where his peers, particularly his editor, are concerned. On other occasions, his investigations have led to demotion or relocation of varying authority figures, though for reasons these actions are never fully disclosed. And then, of course, Colcheck's editor, as I mentioned, Tony Vincenzo, played by Simon Oakland. And Chico, do you have IMDb up? Do you want to check what Simon Oakland's IMDb page?
2: Uh, his most notable role was actually in Psycho. Oh.
1: That makes sense. Yeah, he was in
2: Psycho, West Side Story, Bullet, The Hunting Party, and Chano's Land.
1: Ooh, Chano's Land.
2: Yeah, but he also appeared in multiple episodes of The Rockford Files three times as Vern St. Cloud. Sadly, no longer with us.
1: Well, Tony's Kolchek's editor. He's one of the only people willing to tolerate his antics, despite their arguments. Vincenzo has a grudging respect for Kolchak's reporting skills, but often finds himself caught between Kolchak's zeal and his own management responsibilities, as his hot temper often affects his blood pressure and digestion, and he sometimes laments they did not go into his family's Venetian blinds business. Well, I don't blame him. Venetian blinds would end up being a much better option than being a newspaper editor.
2: Uh, well, true.
1: And then we got Ron Updike played by Jack Greenidge.
2: He was moose in Rebel Without a Cause, and uh, all the youngins would know him if they saw that episode of "The Kids Are All Right" as a very old husband. But he was also <laughs> on two episodes of "Scrubs" as Marvell.:
1: Not that Marvell. He's Kolchek's rival at INS, whom Kolchek repeatedly refers to as Uptight. A native of San Francisco, he's the opposite of Kolchek and is smartly dressed and hobnobbing with Chicago's elite.
2: And then we have Emily Cowles, played by Ruth McDevitt, who was a that lady in that thing. She was in, among other things. Decoy, The U.S. Steel Hour, Westinghouse Studio One, The Alfred Hitchcock Hour, The Nancy Griffith Show, The Debbie Reynolds Show, The Ghost of Mrs. Moore, Baby Area RFD, I Dream of Jeannie, Bewitched, The Courtship of Eddie's Father, Love American Style, That Girl, Nanny and the Professor, Room 222, Mannix, Here's Lucy, Gunsmoke, Marcus Welby MD, Phyllis, Little House on the Prairie, The Streets of San Francisco, Naked City, and all of the family.
1: Wow. That is an impressive career.
2: That is an incredible career. And
1: then we have Monique Mormelstein, played by Carol Ann Susie, who is a graduate of the Columbia School of Journalism and is an intern at INS.
2: Yes, uh, she is... I kid you not. The voice of Wolowitz's mother. What? The voice of Wallowitz's mother in the Big Bang Theory.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she was uh, Howard's mom. And yep. sadly, she, she passed away not that long ago. I think within like the last five years or so. Oh. Yeah, she had cancer. She passed away at like 62. Oh, well,
1: uh, well at least she's known for Big Bang Theory.
2: That's something. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, the character of Mrs. Wallowitz died with the actress.
0: Yeah. And actually, clarification, she died almost seven years ago. Doesn't seem like it was seven years ago.
2: Okay,
1: but we do have two recurring characters on this show. Of course... Uh, There's several recurring characters, but these are two listed on Truth by Consensus Wikipedia. We have Gordon Gordy the Ghoul Spangler, not related to Eon Spangler, a city morgue attendant and sometimes source of information for Kolchek. He runs a lottery pool based on death statistics and other factors. He is played by John Fiedler, who is best known, guys, as the voice of Piglet and Winnie the Pooh.
2: Nice. Yes,
1: and I think we've talked about at least him in two other entries because he was in a previous entry, Flying High, but he was also in an episode of Love Sydney, and actually, oh, yeah. he, and actually, Mike, he's a series regular on Future Entry Buffalo Bill,
0: and he was also on an episode of The Ropers. That's oh, You're right, that's three. So this is the fourth
1: entry that he's been on. Oh, yeah. Wow. But guys, guys, playing uh, C- Captain Mad Dog Siska, a Chicago police officer whose efforts to rein in his volatile temper were constantly thwarted by Kolchak's abrasiveness. Guys, I hope you're sitting down. Mike, are you uh, sitting we- down? Da-
0: I am seated, yes.
1: He is played by Keenan Wynn.
0: What? Yes!
2: The guy, the guy who ran the super trade played the guy,
1: guy. Yeah, that's right, Alonzo P. Hawk himself. And you know what's even more amazing? Both Keenan Wynn and John Fiedler were both in the shaggy DA. John Fiedler played the played the attendant at the dog pound. <laughs> who's trying to catch Wilby Daniels when he turns into the dog.
2: That's just beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful.
0: Oh, yes. Daniels, I'm going to give you one more chance. Withdraw from the race or else. I'm in this race to the end. Well, that's right now. Shoot him down. Well, come on, hurry up. I think you have to release this first You know. Can't you do anything right? Oh, very sorry, sir. Quite accidental. really it was.. Ah,
1: oh, fantastic. Uh, Keenan Wynn. What else What else can we say about him? He invented a train. That could go to New York to Los Angeles in 36 hours.
2: And runs on Time Lord technology. I know.
1: He must have really gotten some consultants from Gallifrey to help him on the super train.
0: Yep. And I don't even think we've mentioned this yet. Canon and Wynn was on an episode of Manimal. What? Oh! Guys,
1: next year, as you know, we are going to revisit Manimal. So that's going to be just fantastic when we revisit it. Oh, man. Keenan went on Manimal. Oh, that's just fantastic. Okay. The series managed in a short run to tackle most monster myths, including vampires, werewolves, mummies, and zombies. It had what about stories-
2: chupacabras?
1: <laughs> I wish. It had creatures like a killer android... An invisible extraterrestrial, a prehistoric man who was thawed back to life, and a lizard creature protecting its eggs. It had a story about Jack the Ripper. It had an episode about Helen of Troy. It had an episode about a headless motorcycle rider. It, oh, you it, didn't
2: it, mention who played Helen of Troy.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I was going to get to it later, but let's just say it right now. Guys, this guest star is incredible. You might even say... When you say the name, that's incredible, oh,
0: Kathy no. <laughs>
1: Kathy Lee Crosby. Man, did I see Kathy that Lee coming. Kathy Lee Crosby,
2: she is a wonder
1: woman, cause she was Wonder Woman in the original pilot.
2: Yeah, uh, seriously, if you don't know who Kathy Lee Crosby is, what podcast are you even listening to?
1: Yeah. Okay, the music for this series. Okay. Originally for the TV movies, do you know who scored the music for the TV
2: movies? Um, No, but I bet you're going to tell me. Bob Cobert.
0: Oh, my.
2: That's yeah. the second Super Train connection on this episode.
1: Oh, yeah. Gil Millay wrote the music for the TV series, beginning with a theme that begins with Kolchak whistling in the opening credits. He was hired to write the theme, and he wrote it in just 20 minutes. Millay left the series after the fourth episode, and composer Jerry Fiedling took over the scoring for the remainder of the run. And actually, two soundtrack albums have been produced. One released in 2000, featuring two suites of Colbert's music from the TV movies, the other a bootleg copy of Malay's private tapes, featuring his theme and scores written for the first three episodes, and two cues from the TV movie The Quisitor tapes. And the theme by Malay actually appears on the Television's Greatest Hits Volume 5 CD. Okay. Yeah. So guys, I think it's time that we finally get into the episode, shall we?
2: Let's dive headlong into this.
1: Yeah. And by the way, we're going to go over the guest stars in this episode. I'm not joking without hyperbole. This may be like one of our most star studded episodes ever. I'm not even kidding. Just the amount of guest stars in this episode is just insane. Like, you haven't even seen what <laughs> you're going to be just amazed by this. Okay. Oh, hold on before I get into the episodes. Okay. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention. Do you know who was a story editor for this series? Um. Who? David Chase. That's right. That David Chase from The Sopranos was the story editor for Colchick the Night Stalker. And the director oh. of The Many Saints of Newark, now out in theaters and on HBO Max. Subtle plug there. But yeah, this was like one of the first things he ever did. Was the story edited for Kolchak the Night Stalker. Amazing. Okay, let's get into the episodes. Alright. Episode 1, The Ripper. Kolchak argues that a serial killer is actually Jack the Ripper. Yeah, so Kolchak is going on chasing Jack the Ripper. Is fantastic stuff. Because
2: that's what you do.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Jack the Ripper is not played by David Warner like in Time After Time, which is a shame. But whatever. Wow. Okay. We got guest stars in this episode. Beatrice Colin, who is an American television film actress best known for playing Marsha Sims on Happy Days and Edda Candy on Wonder Woman. We got Ken Lynch who was best known for playing the storing role in the lieutenant on the Dumont Detective series. The Plain Clothesman from nineteen forty nine to nineteen fifty five. Actually nineteen
2: fifty four. What a what a stupid title. The plain clothesman. Have you ever heard of cl- Plain plainclothes Policeman? No. Yeah, that's a thing. That is a thing. I guess it, they it, call yeah. it deep cover now. Oh, okay. That's what they called it in the forties. Plain clothes men See.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, do we have any other guest stories, Chico? Uh,
2: I'm looking at the IMDb page, and I don't see anything from uh, of any note, but I do see that Mickey Gilbert played the Ripper. And Mickey Gilbert is actually a stuntman. He's more of a stuntman than an actor.
1: Okay. That's cool. Alright. The second episode. The zombie. Oh, if only this was the ECW zombie in this episode. (laughs)
2: riveting
0: right there what the hell
2: is this guy about? Uh, this is laughable
1: <laughs> that happened and by the way the teleplay for this episode was done by David Chase so okay the description of this episode a woman whose grandson was murdered by mobsters uses voodoo to turn him into a zombie and take revenge it was originally listed in TV Guide as the show's debut episode and this is the debut of John Fiedler as Gordon Gordy the Ghoul Spangler in this episode.
2: All right. And, oh, oh, the guest stars on this are known. They are known. <laughs> oh, known. yeah. You got Joseph Sorolla as Benjamin Sposato. If I'm not mistaken, Joseph Sorolla was known for uh, voiceovers. Voiceovers. But also played um, roles on Hawaii 5.0, Quincy M.E., Diagnosis Murder, The Magician. The Magician. The
1: Magician.
2: Sadly, also no longer with us. But he also played Judge Locke on Previous Century Ohana.
1: Oh, nice.
2: So, yeah, this guy's a known quantity, but not as known as these two guys. Scatman Crothers.
1: Scatman Crothers, baby.
2: O-M-G. And slowly not as known as Antonio Vargas. Hoggy Bear. So you got Scatman Crothers and Antonio Vargas in the same episode.
1: Oh, that's double awesome right there. Yep.
2: And add it to Charles Aidman, Balbasolio, and J. Pat O'Malley. That is a star-studded episode. That is an amazingly star-studded episode. Get me some of that, why don't you?
0: And also, we should add that Carol Ann Susie makes her first appearance in the series.
1: Yes. Okay. Episode three. They have been. They are. They will be. Dot, dot, dot. Also known as UFO, an invisible alien sucks out the bone marrow of its victims while it makes repairs on its ship and looks for directions home. Oh, so this is an evil E.T. who's invisible, sucking out bone marrow of its victims. Hey, guys. I guess you could say that this is an alien John Cena. Jesus, But this episode actually has an amazing... Secondary plot because the secondary because the secondary plot in this episode involves Kolchek trying to work on this case, but he also has tickets to Game One of the World Series. But this is a Ooh. fictional World Series, okay? Because it's 1974, and can you believe this World Series in 1974 in this universe is played by the Cubs and the Red Sox?
0: Yeah, that's an alternate
1: universe. That is definitely an alternate universe. It's definitely an alternate universe. So Carl's doing this case while he's listening to the radio and hearing all the play-by-play from game one and uncredited playing the announcer in this episode. Dick Enberg. Yep. Oh, yeah. Because when you need a sportscaster for your episode in 1974 you get Dick Enberg. That soft baritone of his?
2: Oh my god, yes.
1: Hey, do we have any guest stars other than Dick Enberg in this episode?
0: Oh, do we ever? Playing Alfred Brindle in this episode? The one and only Dick Van Patten?
1: Yes, Dick Van Patten! Oh, this is, I think, the fourth entry we've discussed Dick Van Patten because he was, of course, in When Things Were Rotten. He was in um trying to remember. He was in the Weird Al show, we just did that. Oh, he was in the first episode, Mike, of the Paul Lynn Show. Where he played the proprietor of the X rated theater. Chico, you remember that episode? I Paul do Lynch remember that episode. With, with Dick Van Patten. Hey, Chico. No wonder they get seven fifty. No, um, lund- no wonder they got seven fifty. <laughs> well, at least Paul wasn't sleeping on a craps table in that episode.
2: Oh, God. We're, we're, we're back on the Hollywood Squares, then. Do we want to explain this joke? Yeah, explain the joke, because of okay, la- people are just going to be like...
1: Yeah, last week Fuzzy Memories uploaded a 1981 episode of Hollywood Squares from the Vegas season, and In the introductions for the celebrities, of course, lastly, they get to Poland, and there's a still shot of him just sleeping on a craps table. And no one's like, oh, wake up, Paul. Please wake up. No. Nope. They're not even trying. Nope. One other thing about Dick Van Patten is that he was in the Shaggy DA. So that's our third connection this episode to someone who was in The movie The Shaggy DA.
0: And we do have other uh known uh people on this episode playing Dr. Bess Weinstock is Mary Wicks. Sister Mary Lazarus and Sister Act. Yep. But also she was on many, many episodes of Match Game back in the seventies. I would
2: have said all the episodes, but not all of the episodes, but enough of the episodes. A
1: healthy number, yes. Yes, a healthy number of episodes.
0: And one other name that caught my eye in this episode, uh, he plays Howard Gough, G-O-U-G-H. I think that's how you pronounce that, is Phil Leeds. His name may not be familiar, but if you look at him, he is definitely a known entity. He's a uh, character actor who had been in the business for a long while, up until uh, basically his passing in 1998, uh, among the things that he was on, uh, he was on, uh looks like, five episodes of Night Court. And also, Greg, two yeah. episodes of Wings. What?
1: Okay. All right, guys. Guys. Okay. All right. All right. Now, have I ever said this on this podcast before?
2: Okay. Guys. I hope I'm listening. All right. I'm listening. You have my attention. I'm
1: ashamed of this, but I'm going to come out and say it right now. Okay, guys. I love wings.
2: Oh, of course.
1: Guys, did you know what made Tony Shalhoub's career?
2: I had an idea.
0: He just had a birthday in the last week or so.
2: Yeah. He did. What what was he, 70 something? No. 68.
1: 68. Hey, guys, you know what that means? No, no. Next year, he's going to have the nicest birthday. Get it?
2: Yeah, I get it. He's going to be 69 next year.
0: Nice.
2: (laughs) Do we have any other guest toys in episode three? Not on this episode, no.
1: Okay, let me go ahead. Episode four. Oh, the vampire. Hey, guys, it's, it's a sequel to the Night Stalker TV movie. Oh. Yes. An overlooked victim of Janos, a Las Vegas vampire, makes her way to Los Angeles and begins killing anew. Okay, the guest stars in this episode. Okay, the first guest star. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, playing the role of police lieutenant Jack Mateo. William Daniels.
2: Dr. Mark Craig from St. Elsewhere? Yes. Mr. George Feeney?
1: Oh, Mr. Feeney, yes.
2: Kit. Of course, you
1: can't forget about Kit. I mean, come on. Those are his big three roles, if you think about it. Oh, definitely. But also, we'll be talking about this guy, actually, next month, as a matter of fact, playing the character of Swede, Larry Storch.
0: Yes, Larry Storch from F
1: Troop. Yep. Yes, and we'll be talking about him next month when Ghostbusters Afterlife comes out because he was in the Ghostbusters. Yep. The oh, 19- that's gonna be a fun one. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for that. It's been a lot. You know, what? we've been waiting forever to do that episode. I can't wait till we finally do that episode. Ah. Oh. Hard to believe it's going to be. I can't even believe Ghostbusters Afterlife is coming out next month. Finally, it's that's
2: crazy. I know. I, f- I felt like I was never going to see the movie because it's been teased. I felt like, like that. I felt like that with no time to die. If I'm honest, yeah. Uh, and Black Widow.
1: And Black Widow uh, movies but, in general. Movies in general, but you know, what, Chico, we're going to be getting the money shot on December seventeenth. I hope so. Y'all know what we're talking about, so I won't, <laughs> I won't say no more. Okay. But also playing the character of Faye Kruger, Kathleen Nolan. And Kathleen Nolan would be a perennial, um,
2: I guess you could say she was a that woman from that thing, I guess? Yeah, she was a that woman from that thing.
1: Yeah, cuz she's on like stuff things as uh Magnum PI, Quincy, The Incredible Hulk TV series, um Chicago Hope, Ally McBeal. Yeah. Bewitched. The Alfred Hitchcock Hour.
2: She spent seven years at or set 5 years as Kate McCoy, at the real McCoy's.
1: Okay. So she'd be best known for that.
0: Wait, there's more than just Kathleen Nolan. I have legitimately three other names to add. Go yeah, on. Go ahead. Playing Ichabod Grace. Oh, Jan Murray. Oh, oh, yeah. Jan Murray. Oh, yeah. Borscht Belt comedian.
1: Damn straight.
0: Oh, yeah. One of the legends of early TV. Oh, the sorry. original Treasure Hunt.
1: Yeah, treasure oh, yeah. original host of treasure uh, yeah. hunt.
0: Yeah, but before uh, Jeff Edwards and, and Chuck Barris made it all goofy, wacky, and stuff. But also uh, another name, and in this episode, he portrayed Gingrich, Milt Kamen. Oh, and Ooh. yeah, he's an actor from uh, the seventies, sixties, fifties. He passed away in seventy-seven. But uh, uh, he was in many things. And uh, taking a look at some of his credits, he was uh, somewhat on the game show circuit back in the 70s and 60s. Tattle Tales, $10,000 pyramid, personality, uh, what's my line, the match game, to tell the truth, password. So he did a little bit of everything. So he did uh, the rounds then. He did the rounds. And then the other name that I recognize credited as man, man, man. So he he doesn't even really have a name. He's just credited as man. Army Archer. Don't tell me that name doesn't ring a bell.
2: I've heard the name.
0: Uh, He was basically like the male equivalent of Rona Barrett.
2: Oh, he was on the gossip show all the time on E back in the day. Wow.
0: Yeah, sadly no longer with us, but he had a lengthy career back in the 50s, 60s, 70s. Again, as Chico said, up to uh, not necessarily current day, but into the 2000s, uh, because he did pass in 2009.
1: Okay. All right, episode five, The Werewolf. Now, this story was co-written by David Chase with Paul Playton. In snowy Chicago, the INS crew hold a send-off for Tony Vincenzo, headed on a singles cruise, but he gets audited instead. Carl wields his way into taking his place and ends up battling a werewolf in a killing spree. Okay, we got some good guest stars in this episode, okay? Buckle up. Playing Bernhard Stiglitz. Oh, uh, this is... Close pro- enough. Uh, this is a... Yeah, it's a German name. Like, I'm going to pronounce that correctly. Okay, but playing that role. Ah, oh, legendary actor in television. Eric Braden from The Young and the Restless.
2: Yes. Oh, yeah. That jerk. That guy. But also... Victor Newman, that son of a...
0: That
1: Victor Newman. You know, <laughs> that Victor Newman. I always hate him worse than that Bastard Charles Logan No yeah. he's
0: not in this episode
1: No he's no, not I, in this episode Thankfully that Bastard Charles Logan Is not in that epi- this episode But okay Playing the role of Mel Torter, Dick Gautier Jaime? Yeah! Jaime! Second reference to When Things Were Rotten
2: He was Robin Hood On When Things Were Rotten
1: Refer back to, uh, episode, uh, 69. Nice.
0: Second reference to 69 this episode. Double nice. (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, forgive me.
1: playing Captain Julian Wells. We got Henry Jones, who, uh, was best known for appearing in a lot of things. He was on, uh falcon crest for a season he was on a episode of the dukes of hazard he was on two episodes of future entry bj and the bear oh he was on three episodes of future entry flow and he was in such movies as uh, dick tracy arachnophobia the grifters legendary actor indeed yes
2: oh you want to talk about a legend Playing the role of Hallam, Bob Hastings. Yeah,
1: Bob Hastings.
2: Yeah, you're talking about legendary voice actor. He played Commissioner Gordon in Batman the Animated Series. He was... Who else was he? He was Tommy Kelsey on All in the Family.
0: He also hosted the first season of Dealer's Choice. Dealer's Ooh, Choice! That's right! That's right! Dealers. Never thought we'd have a Dealer's
2: Choice reference in this episode. But oh, we I love Dealer's Choice. I love Dealer's Choice too. Three to one on the mint, baby! Three to one on the mint! Look it up, kids.
1: Okay. And also, we got a. Uh, Nita Tolbit appearing in this episode. She was uh she was on Hogan's Heroes, I believe. Yeah, she-
0: uh, we've talked about her in the past. We have. How about this? Another reference. Uh, this is like the second or third reference to this show. She was Rose Casey on Super Train. Oh yeah. yes. Oh, hey,
1: hold on a second, guys. I put I had this in a in an entry recently. She was nurse in the TV movie Jake Spanner Private Eye, starring Robert Mitchum. I and mean, guys, do you know who's in that movie playing senior club member?
2: Who's that?
1: You want all right? Edie Adams. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing because we know what Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> Had to say about Miss Edie Adams.
1: She was the ninth most effable woman in the world.
0: That was it's, really said. It was that, really said. And it's true.
1: She was. She was mm-hmm. the ninth most effable woman in the world.
2: Yep. Oh, okay. And she was also uh, Anastasia Hardy on the Partners in Danger Story Web. See what I did there? Of Spider Man the Animated series.
1: Yeah, in 1997. Episode 6 Firefall. The ghost of an arsonist tries to take over a renowned conductor's body as his doppelganger and kills a number of the conductor's associates by spontaneous human combustion.
2: Ooh. Boom.
1: Now, this episode was combined with the episode The Energy Eater. And with new narration by Darren McGavin to compose a television film called Crackle of Death, which was the fourth television movie in the Night Stalker series, effectively removing it from the syndication package for the show. And actually, according to Truth by Consensus Wikipedia, one of the locations used, St. Joseph's Catholic Church in L.A., burned down in 1983. Unfortunate. Oh. But the guest stars in this episode, guys.
2: Oh, boy. I'm looking at one right now. Play the Cardinale... Bosley. David Doyle. Tommy's grandpa? Tommy's grandpa. oh,
1: David Doyle.
2: So, the doppelganger is at work here. This is a doppelganger story, basically. Yeah. Doppelganger. Playing the role of Sergeant Mayor. Philip Carey. Ooh. Asa nope. Buchanan from One Life to Live. Ooh, One Life to Live. Yep. And Edward Parmalee from Laredo. Ooh. And multiple roles on 77 Sunset Strip.
1: Oh, nice. 76.
2: And Philip Marlowe in Philip Marlowe.
1: Philip Marlowe in Philip Marlowe. Okay. He's, he's,
2: he's, done, it he's, he's done, done, it, done it all.
1: He's done it all. He's done it all. Episode 7, The Devil's Platform. A politician on a meteoric rise murders his opposition through a pact with Satan, which gives him the ability to turn into an invulnerable dog.
2: What?! Are you serious? (laughs) A promising young politician has made a deal with the devil to gain the ability to kill those running against him in ways to make it look like accidents. (laughs) Okay... Including to change Borman to that of an ominous dog.
1: That's some Twin Peaks type stuff. Okay, but playing the politician in this episode, Tom Skerritt. Mhm. Oh, Tom Skerritt. Oh, what else can we say about this man? I mean, come on. What else can we say about Tom Skerritt? Yep. I mean, Mash. Alien The Dead Zone
2: Top Gun A River Runs Through It
1: Picket Fences Oh I know how much you love Picket Fences Chico
2: That is my Friday Night Drama Wings
1: Oh yeah Especially on CBS Oh yeah Oh yeah Made John Cullum's career (laughs) Aside from playing (laughs) Leaf Day in That uh, 30 Rock episode
0: Well I guess we all Learned something tonight About love friendship, about taking chances, about the true meaning of leap day. But these lessons aren't good just for every four years, no, they're good every year, because we should live every day as if it's leap day, and every leap day as if it's your last. (laughs) Oh, and if you should ever see an old man in a blue suit, busting out of the middle of the ocean, take the time to say howdy, it might just be worth
1: your while. Episode 8. Bad Medicine. Your love is like bad medicine. Bad medicine is what I say. The first episode based on a Native American legend. A shaven spirit called Diabrello murders for jewels to pay back his debt and be released from his earthly bounds. But playing the shaven spirit Oh, guys! Richard Keel.
0: Ooh. Oh yeah. Yeah, Jaws.
1: Jaws from the Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker, but also, oh, he was in Happy Gilmore. Yep. Yes, he was. That's two shooter. He was in the MST3K classic EGA. Watch out for snakes. Who said
0: that? Oh, Ega! Oh my gosh, I haven't heard that name in a long time.
1: Oh, what a classic movie that was on MST3K back in the day.
0: Ega, oh my gosh. And and also
1: remember, guys, watch out for snakes. Any other guest stars of this episode? Did you mention whoever played Dr. Agnes Temple? No. Alice Ghostly. Alice
2: Ghostly. Yep. Uh, Passions, Hercules, Channel MT3, Evening Shade, Bernice on Designing Women, y'all. Bernice on Designing Women, y'all. Yeah, Ida Mae Brindle on Small Wonder, y'all. Yeah. Esmeralda on
1: Bewitched. Mrs. Dobbs on Good Times. She has done it all.
0: Oh, Yeah. One other person I think we need to mention on this episode playing Delgado is Marvin Kaplan. Oh, Marvin Kaplan. And we have talked about Marvin Kaplan in the past. In the Saturday Supercade episode, he played Shelly Turtle. From the Frogger. From the Frogger. Frogger yes. Oh,
2: F- not, Frogger. not that Frogger show, Peacock subscribers. The good one. The good one.
0: The, the, the real one, yeah. But also, where I know him from, and really everybody should know Marvin Kaplan from, he voiced Choo Choo on Top Cat.
1: Oh, we don't know how much you love Top Cat, Mike.
0: Top Cat is my animated wings from the 60s. Top Cat is such a great show. And Choo Choo makes
2: it. I like Chew. Top. Uh, I like Top Cat, but I was more of a Benny
0: the Bean guy.
1: Was Choo Choo the Tony Shaloub of Top Cat, Mike?
0: No, that was Chew- Benny the Bean. Come on, no, I will fight you right here and right now. Choo Choo was the Tony Shalhoub of Top Cat. <laughs> Don't make me take off my gloves. Okay, I am not slap you across anymore, the room.
1: Slap me like Zachary Quinto.
0: I was talking to Chico, but if you want to slap two, I can give you one. (laughs) Oh, God.
1: (laughs) Episode 9, The Spanish Moss Murders. Now, this teleplay was done by David Chase.
2: A pair of seemingly unrelated deaths are connected by the fact that each victim had a small amount of Spanish moss on the body. When more murders occur, Kolchak is able to determine that each victim is indeed connected to a comatose Cajun man, who is part of a sleep experiment where he is denied the ability to dream. The man's subconscious is able to physically manifest a vengeful monstrosity, the Parmafae, a legendary Cajun boogeyman who dispatches anyone who wrongs the sleeping man. Kolchak's intention to stop the Parmafae marks him for death unless he can stop the creature before it kills him. You know who played the Parmafae? The same guy who played Diablera in the last episode. Oh,
1: Richard Keel's back.
2: Hey, you need a tall, monstrous guy with a protruding jawline? I'm calling Richard Keel.
0: Yeah, he'd be in my Rolodex for that position.
1: But guys, Keaton Wynn is in this episode. He is. Yeah. Alright, episode 10, The Energy Eater. Now, this episode was combined with Firefall, with the new narration by Darren McGavin to compose Crackle of Death, as I already mentioned. A hospital is built on reclaimed land inhabited by the Native American bear spirit legend, Machi Manatu, which threatens to destroy anyone who inhabits it. Do we have guest stars?
2: Michael Strong plays Walter Green, and he would actually be known as resistance leader slash the old man in future entry galactica
0: 1980
1: oh yeah we're gonna have to talk about galactica 1980 at some
0: point Mm -hmm. oh geez and in this episode playing a janitor is one john mitchum the best i've got is he's the younger brother of robert mitchum oh that's really all i've got on him he is the younger brother of robert mitchum uh did did some stuff but not as uh, well known as his brother okay
2: and that's pretty much it really i mean everybody else is a that person from that thing
1: okay all right episode 11 horror in the heights a hindu demon who can assume the form of someone it's victim trusts, terrorizes a Jewish neighborhood. No, that's not good. Oh, wow.
2: Yeah. This is a this uh, the neighborhood in question, by the way, Roosevelt Heights. Yes. And the Hindu demon is known as the Rakshasa, which actually was a borrowed, if I'm not mistaken, for Super Sentai 25th anniversary film, um yaku Sentai Go-Ranger vs. Super Sentai, which I have on DVD.
1: But okay, guest star in this episode... Oh, what can we say about this man? Phil Silvers!
2: Oh god, you don't even have to say anything about that. Oh, you're not kidding. No. And then you have... uh, And not not to take away from Phil Silvers, but then you have Barry Gordon who is just one of the most legendary voice actors in the game. He was Donatello in the 80s-era Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
1: Yes. And guys, since we're recording this on October 15th, it's coming up real soon, guys. We're going to pour one out. Buzzer's nearing the last week of MASH Game Hollywood Squares Hour, which Barry Gordon was on. Yep. Yeah.
2: During his run, well, after his run on Archie Bunker's Place as Gary Rabinowitz and yeah. also his run as Inky on Pac-Man.
1: Pac-Man. Oh, and you know what he was also in? What's that? He was in the 1987 Dirk Benedict Roddy Piper cinematic classic Body Slam with Captain Lou Albano. Yep. You know what? I'm thinking we might do a live show of that
2: movie <laughs> on WrestleMania. Yeah, you, know, you might do a live show of that movie.
1: Oh, because you know who else is in that movie?
2: Who else is in that movie?
1: Billy Borty.
2: Oh, nice.
1: Billy Borty. And Mike, who else is in that movie? CNR.
0: Oh, my. Yes.
1: Charles Nelson Reilly's Body Slam. So yeah, this is a store. It's a star-studded movie. Yeah, you know, it was a thing on TV. Is going to cover that. Okay. Oh, definitely. All right.
0: Uh, all right. One more person I see in this episode. Uh, he played Mr. Lane Marriott, and the name is Murray Matheson. Okay. Uh, he's a character actor from uh, back in the '60s, '70s, '80s. Uh, has not been with us for like 35 years. The one credit I saw that just caught my eye was he was on an episode of Tattle Tales, and you won't believe who his partner was. Doesn't say spouse necessarily, because I, I don't see anything listing him as a spouse, but in terms of the person he was on the show with. Okay. Phyllis Diller.
1: Wow. That's something. Oh, and he was also Mr. AG in the Kick the Can segment in the Twilight Zone movie from 1983. Yep. Directed by Steven Spielberg. The second reference in this episode to the Kick the Can segment, considering Scatman Crevers has earlier been referenced in this episode.
2: And, uh, not to be outdone, but not that I'm outdoing anything, played Felix Mulholland in Banachek. With George Papard, Because George Papard,
1: Episode 12, Mr. Ring. An escaped android murders anyone that threatens its survival. Yep. That's all I got in the description. Well, I,
2: well the person who played Mr. Ring <laughs> is a guy by the name of Craig Baxley, who is a stunt coordinator and... Um, Director. He directed. He directed Dolph Lundgren in Dark Angel.
1: Not that Dark Angel with Jessica Alba.
2: No. He also directed Brian Bosworth in Stone Cold. Oh, Stone Cold with Brian Bosworth. Yes. Yeah, I guess he sort of reads as the uh, director of bad action movies. I'm surprised he didn't direct an episode of Photon. Oh, hold on. Ring the bell. I'm going for it. What? I'm going for it, Greg. Wait, wait. Is the re- Wait. Referee's here? Referee's here. Oh, I'm going for
1: it. Let's get it. He's... Everybody, Chico's cash. Look at this. Look at this.
2: You know, this looks really familiar to me.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Chico
2: Alexander is cashing in his money in the bank. Okay. Next January, we're talking about Photon, the ultimate game on planet Earth.
1: What is this?
2: Fo- what? It's like, it's like laser tag with green screens.
1: Oh, okay. okay.
2: <laughs> it's terrible.
1: Okay, playing the role of Mrs. Walker in this episode is Julie Adams, a woman who had many credits to her name, actually passed away, unfortunately, two years ago. But she was in such uh, work as uh, sort opposite Jimmy Stewart in uh, Bend of the River from 1952. And she was in The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yep. And she had the recurring role of Eve
2: Simpson on Murder, She Wrote. And then there's a guy by the name of Burt Freed, who is actually the first person to ever play Detective Columbo. Wow. And he plays Captain Aikens in this episode.
1: All right. Episode 13, Primal Scream. Defrosted, ancient cell samples discovered in the Arctic grow into a savage prehistoric primate, which goes on a rampage. Oh, like guys, we got some guest stars in this episode. Oh, God, do we ever. Okay. Playing the
2: role of Thomas Kitzmiller. Guy by the name of Pat Harrington Jr. Who that guy be? One Schneider. word Schneider!
0: Schneider on one day at a time. Yeah. That would
2: be the word.
1: Schneider.
0: Among many straight. other things.
1: Yes. Dang straight. But playing the role of Jack Burton guys. JB Four.
2: Oh, JB JB4.
1: So, okay, let's review what we've talked about chat. We brought up Jamie Farrant. We brought him up in the Cool Kids after MASH, obviously. And I guess we brought him up in the Video Game Show Part 3 with the MASH game. Mm-hmm. So this would make four. No, I think we did. No, actually, it's five. Because I think, didn't we sort of talk about him in the Noel Edmonds episode?
2: Because he, Yes.
1: Uh, yes, because, we did. Because he was shooting a pilot around that time. Yes, we did. So that's five. And then we also got John Morley who is playing the role of uh, Captain Maurice Molnar. He was actually in the movie Love Story. And guys, he is in The Godfather. He is the person in The Godfather who awakens to find the severed
2: horse head. Oh, God, he's
0: that oh, guy. Wow. He is that. that
2: guy.
1: He is that guy. Yes. But, okay, guys, are you ready for an amazing, uncredited guest star in this episode?
2: Yes. Yes, okay. I am.
1: Okay, all right, here we go. Playing Man Entering Laboratory. Creed Bratton. What?
2: I'm not kidding. He's on IMDb. I bet I, I, I want to say hey, you, you want to go back and uh, Ed Begley's uh, vegetable oil powered TARDIS, go back to 1975 and tell a young creep brat hey, in 30 years, you're going to be the most famous office curmudgeon ever
1: www.creedthoughts.com Editor's note, it's actually www.creedthoughts.gov but really .gov.com Does it really matter that much?
0: No. (laughs) freaking believable. Hey guys, there's still one name that you're missing. Oh? Oh? Uh, yeah, I think there's a name that's missing playing a secretary in this episode, or more specifically, the secretary, is Barbara Rhodes. Oh, oh, I know where you're going with this. She was on a number of shows back in the 70s and 80s. Uh, she had a recurring role in the final season of Soap as Maggie Chandler, and uh, she made the rounds. She was on Password Plus quite a few times. I think she was also on Match Game back in the late 70s early 80s a few I, times I remember her on Match Game yes oh yeah
1: she was uh, Jody's uh, fiance in the final season of soap
0: right mm-hmm. yeah that's what i said she had a recurring uh, role in the final season of soap
1: okay all right episode 14 the trivi collection a witch desires to control the world of high fashion really that's what you want to control if you're a witch? High fashion? Seriously? It was
2: the 70s, dude. Think about it. Okay.
1: But playing the role of the witch is Lara Parker from Dark Shadows.
2: She wasn't worried about being typecast at all, was she?
1: No, she wasn't. But okay, guys... In this episode, oh my god, this might be the third reference to when things were rotten. Oh boy. Playing a doctor in this episode. And I Here guess we it's, go. it's appropriate. Bernie Capel.
2: <laughs> yep.
0: Oh, and also going back to the last episode, talking about Barbara Rhodes, just because uh, I, I want to match the number of references. Uh between the the shows, uh talking about uh when things were rotten. I gotta get my third uh, super train reference in. She was on an episode of Super Train. Oh, oh there you go. There you go. Three so they're when- neck and neck. We're let's see who can get to four first.
1: <laughs> Will it be when things were rotten or super train? We could play from Bunsai.
0: Push your bets now. No, no, that's racist. That's-
1: oh, come on, Mike, get over it.
0: Okay. <sighs> oh,
2: this show has hit a button all of a sudden.
1: Oh, hold on a second, guys. I got another guest star. Okay, playing the role of lecturer is Marvin Miller. No, not the head of the Major League Baseball Players Union. Marvin Miller. No, this Marvin Miller is actually well known because, guys, he was the voice of Robbie the Robot in Forbidden Planet.
2: What
1: Yes. We got the voice of Robbie the Robot in this episode.
2: Okay. Oh. okay Robbie that's nice.
1: Not... Robbie the Robot. Oh. Okay. Episode 15. Chopper. And guys, the teleplay is done by David Chase
2: and okay. Steve was... Fisher. Okay. Alright. This is okay. what I was talking about. This was the actual first story credit. Of Bob Gale and Bob Zemeckis.
1: The people that gave you Back to the Future.
2: Yep. This is where it all began
1: for them. This episode. Okay. A headless motorcycle rider murders those responsible for his death. And okay, the guest stars in this episode. Okay. Alright, where do we start? We start with, okay, playing the role Of Captain Jonas, Frank Burns himself, Larry Linville. Okay. Oh boy. But okay, we're not done yet. Playing the role of Herb Bresson. Lovey. Jim Backus. Mr. Howell himself. Oh yeah. And the voice of Mr. Magoo. But okay, Chico, we talked about this guy. Back in episode one oh one when he played Louis the lip, playing Henry Stud Here we go. Or Metrano, who played Captain Mauser in Police Academy two and three. Oh
0: yeah. Sadly just passed away within the last month and a half or so. Yeah, he
1: did. And I think he's on a I think he's on an episode of Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing
2: Colossal Podcast.
0: I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised. He finds everybody. He oh, does.
2: Yeah. Okay, and also playing the role of Lila Morton or Leela Morton, Sharon Farrell. That would be Laurie Wilson from the last three seasons of Hawaii Five O. Oh. So there's a name.
0: Okay. And she was also on a week of MASH game in 1978. You're welcome, everybody.
2: Yep. Oh, wait a minute. Can we talk about Electric Larry? I feel like we need to talk about Electric Larry. What's Electric Larry? He is Joey Aresco from Super Train. Oh, there's the fourth Super Train reference. There it is. Super
1: Train beat when things were rotten, everybody. You're welcome, America okay
0: we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel this episode that's the thing it's just a little bit
1: okay episode 16 demon lace this episode combined with the next episode was made into the television film the demon and the mummy of course with new narration by darren mcgavin also removing these two episodes from the Cole check the night stalker syndication package an ancient Mesopotamian city tablet is presided over by a succubus. The succubus possesses the corpse of recently deceased young women to murder young men by giving them heart attacks to maintain her immortality.
2: Ooh. That sounds dirty. It does. But then again, that's what a succubus does.
1: We all saw that South Park
2: episode. We did. And I want to say, what's the name of the succubus? You have the name of the succubus?
1: No, it just says oh. succubus on Choopy Consensus Wikipedia.
0: Okay. Well, I can give you some names. All right, please do. All right, first, playing the registrar, Carolyn Jones. Oh. oh. Morticia Adams. That's all you need to know. Morticia Adams. But also, nice. two other names that caught my eye. Playing Coach Toomey on this episode is Jackie Vernon. Oh, Really? Okay, yeah. uh, Okay, you you guys uh, apparently recognize the name. For those that don't know, in the Frosty the Snowman cartoons, he played the voice of Frosty. Happy Happy birthday!
1: (laughs) (laughs) We all knew
2: that was coming.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) But also, one other name uh, in this episode, he portrayed Professor C. Evans Spate, Andrew Prime, longtime actor going back to the 60s, where I know him best from. And we haven't had a Married with Children reference in a while. He portrayed Psycho Dad on Married with Children. Oh. Psycho yeah. Dad, Psycho Dad, Psycho Dad. And also, he was on three episodes of. Previous installment, Nightstand.
2: Oh, Nightstand. Friend of the podcast, Tim
0: Stack.
1: Okay. Alright, episode 17, Legacy of Terror. An Aztec cult seeks to resurrect the mummy of their god by murdering physically perfect people and playing one of the victims in this episode. A very young Eric Estrada.
0: Ooh. Oh, he had to be real young.
1: Oh, yeah. This would be another, I I guess you'd say three years before Chips. Or two, two, three years before Chips. But, oh. Oh, wait a minute. Guys, I forgot. (laughs) Didn't we put on the list the roller disco episode of
0: Chips? I think we might have. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. I remember that, yes. One
1: day we will cover that episode because, of course, and it gives us an excuse to talk about Robert Pine.
0: Absolutely. Oh, did you know he's Chris Pine's dad? Oh, yeah. Yep. He's Captain Kirk's dad. Just want to make sure you guys didn't forget. Oh, no. Uh, And we do have one other name besides Eric Estrada, playing Mr. Eddie's Sorrel Book.
1: Oh, yeah. Boss Hog.
0: Boss Boss, Hog. Boss
1: Hog, everybody.
0: That's all you need to know. Boss Hog.
1: Yep. And he was on a week of Batch Game Hollywood Squares.
0: Of course. Uh, He was also on Beat the Clock in 1979 and I still want closure. Oh, no.
1: One day one day, sometime. It may be another 40 years, but Mike will eventually, I hope, one day we'll get his closure for beat the Clock 79.
0: I want it. Th- that's the week that has uh, John McCook, who we talked about a few weeks ago. Yes. Yep.
1: All right. Episode 18, The Nightly Murders. To prevent the destruction of its home, the spirit of a knight reanimates his suit of armor. To kill those responsible.
0: Ooh. Okay, and I do see one name in this episode. Okay. Playing Mendel Boggs is Hans Conried.
1: Oh, yes. Captain Hook from the 1953 Peter Pan and Snidehui Whiplash and Dudley do Nice.
0: Among other things, the, the one place that I've seen him recently just because I've been a bit of an insomniac on the weekends is he was a regular panelist on the Ernie Kovacs panel show, Take a Good Look.
1: Oh. Hey, guys, you know who Ernie Kovacs was married to, right?
0: Oh, no! Jeez, I walked right into it, didn't I? Oh, no.
1: (laughs) He was married to the ninth most effable woman in the world, Edie Adams.
0: I walked right into that.
1: (laughs) But, okay, playing the character of Bruce Krause, is Sidney Klute, who played uh, Detective Paul Laguardia on *Cagney and Lacey*. Ah, awesome! Yes. Oh, I remember him because he was in that uh, the the epic opening sequence of *Cagney and Lacey*. Of course, I can't forget that face. *Cagney and Lacey*, one of the best opening sequences of a television show ever.
2: We were talking about like season. Two onwards. and onwards.
1: Oh, yeah, when Sharon Glass joins the show, yes. Yes. Nothing against Meg Foster, but... No, nothing against Meg Foster, but come on. It doesn't get good until Sharon Glass comes in. True. All right. Episode 19, The Youth Killer. Of course, this is the episode we mentioned earlier with Kathy Lee Crosby. Helen of Troy returns to drain the youth out of unsuspecting perfect victims. Sacrifices for the goddess He, Kate, in her quest for immortality. But, okay, guys, playing the role in this episode as a police sergeant. We talked about him earlier this year. Dwayne Hickman. Nice. Dolby Gillis. Dolby Gillis. Of course, who could forget when him and Eleanor Donahue in High School USA decided to go to that movie theater. And then Tom horde came in and said, Hey! Hey, I know, uh, hey, look everybody! The teachers are here at the movie theater! Emmaloo? Emma Lou, I'm Excuse telling me. you, quit kissing me like Excuse that. Excuse me, please. P-
0: Pardon me, may I get by here?
1: Right. Oh no. Watch you. it! <laughs> oh, girl, ah! Bad. Hey, I know you. Mr. P.
0: Someone's coming, girl. Ms. D. Must be my boy. Hey, hey,
1: everybody. Mr.
0: Plaza's here with Ms. D'Angelo. Hey,
2: hey Ms. D'Angelo, Mr. Plaza.
1: Because we need an excuse to bring up America's ass from 1983. Oh, yeah, and, we- and of course it was interest price for the clips
2: of Otto's robot. With the vending machine. Oh, interesting note about this episode. One of the characters' names is Kaz. And playing in the role of Kaz is a guy who's credited as Demosthenes. His real name is George Savalis. Oh! Telly's older brother.
0: Oh! Yes! Yeah, and actually, at this time, he would have been on Kojak. He would have been playing uh, Detective Stavros.
1: Oh, that's great. Also, refer back to episode 177, Telly Who Loves Your Baby.
0: Who loves your baby?
1: (laughs) One guest star I want to note, playing second young man in this episode, is Reb Brown, who you would best know from the classic 80s movie, you're the hunter from the future and also played captain America in future installment, the captain America TV movies from the 1970s. And he's also in the MST three K classic space Mutiny. Let's
2: get out there. Kick the
1: back. <laughs> Trunk slam chest. <laughs> Fist rock bone, Stump beef. knob, smash
2: lamp job. All right. The final episode, everybody. Episode 20, the century. After an underground data storage facility uncovers a problem when they excavate a tunnel for a new wing, Carl investigates the deaths of several employees of the facility who appear to have been killed by a wild animal, and he discovers a rampaging reptile that has been disturbed by the digging of the tunnel. As Kolchak tries to stay one step ahead of the law, the beast continues its assault on the facility, destroying anything and everything in its quest. For the eggs that have been stolen from its nest. I am not making this up. Oh. And playing once again the creature. They, I guess they couldn't get Richard Keel because Craig R. Baxley is back. Oh, okay. But playing the role of Jack Flaherty, not Bosley, Howard Cunningham, Tom Bosley.
0: I say, Brian, look, three rows down. What? Is that Tom Bosley? What would Tom Bosley be doing on a train in Switzerland? I'm I'm almost certain. Tom! Did he look? I don't know. Well, if I yell, you have to watch. Tom Bosley!
2: No, it's not him.
0: Oh, jeez.
2: Better luck next time, Stewie. Anyway, and also play Dr. Beckwith, John Hoyt, a.k.a. Grandpa Knisky from Gimme a Break. Oh. Gimme a Break. And also, uh, several dim-witted Germans on Hogan's Heroes. I got one more name here. Margaret Avery, who is best known as Shug in Steven Spielberg's The Color Purple. And also, Helen Patterson in Being Mary Jane. Okay. Yeah. Known commodity.
1: All right. Well... So that was 20 episodes. There were actually 26 episodes commissioned, but actually the series was canceled because Darren McGavin actually asked to be released from his contract because he became disappointed with the series' scripts and was exhausted from his uncredited producing duties. Now, three scripts were actually left unproduced from the six that weren't shot, Those three scripts were adapted into a series of Kolchak comic books back in 2003. They are Eve of Terror by Stephen Lord, The Get of Bly written by Don Mullaly, and The Executioners written by Max Hodge. Now, even though Kolchak the Night Stalker was short-lived, it's become a very important show in television. It was actually the inspiration for... The X-Files by series creator Chris Carter, who acknowledged that the show had influenced him greatly in his own work. In one interview, he mentioned that the majority of the viewing public considered the success of The X-Files series as being inspired by other shows such as The Twilight Zone and The Outer Limits. Carter mentions that while those shows were indeed an influence on The X-Files, it was only about 10% with another 30% coming from Kolchak, and the rest devised from pure inspiration. Carter paid tribute to Kolchak in a number of ways on the show. A character named Richard Matheson was named for the screenwriter of the two pilot films, who appeared in several episodes, and Carter had also wanted McGavin to appear as Kolchak in one or more episodes of The X-Files, but McGavin was unwilling to reprise the character on the show, but he did appear in several episodes as Arthur Daly's, a retired FBI agent described as the father of The X-Files. In the third episode of the 2016 revival series, a character prominently featured in the episode Mulder and Scully meet the were-monster is conspicuously altered in
2: Kolchak's trademark seersucker jacket, black knit tie, and straw hat. Gary Gygax, best known as the creator of Dungeons & Dragons, has cited the Horror in the Heights episode as part of his inspiration for creating the Rakshasa as it appears in the game
1: amazing
2: isn't it though this wouldn't be the end of the night stalker story because in 2005 abc commissioned universal studios to create a new version of kolchak the night stalker called night stalker it was canceled after six weeks i'm not surprised but hey, Frank Spotnitz, uh tried his best on that.
1: And actually, the series has been released on home video. 20th Century Fox released the first TV movie on VHS as part of its selection series. MGM Home Video released the two TV movies on DVD on August 24th, 2004. And Universal released Cold Check the Night Stalker the Complete series on DVD a year later. Mad Men Entertainment released the complete series on DVD in Australia and New Zealand in July of 2009. The two films, The Night Stalker and The Night Strangler, were released on Blu-ray on October 2nd, 2018 by Kino Lorber. And actually, guys, we're recording oh. this on October 15th. This past Tuesday, Kino Lorber released Check: The Night Stalker, the complete series
2: on Blu-ray. Oh, and I just found out that if you want to watch the complete series, but don't want to buy the Kino Lorber DVD, NBC.com has all the episodes on its website. You sure they're not on Peacock also? I wish they were, but they might be, but uh, I have it right now on NBC.com.
1: I can sign in right now and I can just do a quick search and check right now. Hold on a second. No, it is not on Peacock. It is just on NBC.com proper. Okay. Well, the Kino Warbird Blu-ray release actually uses new 2K scans of the interpositives and the episodes feature commentary tracks by film TV historians on every episode, as well as the original previews for each episode. So that's pretty good. So, there you go. That is uh, Cold check the Night Stalker and For a show that's did not last that long, only one season. I mean, it was adapted from a highly rated series of TV movies. And let's be honest for a show that was one season and done. It gave the start of the career of David chase. It gave the start for Bob Zemeckis and Bob Gale. And it had a
2: good variety of guest stars.
0: And it also had three time slots, believe it or not.
2: I was about to ask. So it had everything going for it. So a question we like to ask on this show, what
0: happened? Um, well, it just couldn't find a time slot. I don't know if the, if it aired too late uh, and maybe if it aired too early. I know that sounds weird, but I, I, I'm looking at the time slots And it originally started on Friday nights at 10 p.m. And its competition was on NBC was Police Woman. And on CBS was just uh, their movie of the week at that time. But not terribly long after, around the beginning of 75, it moved to 8 p.m. on Friday nights, where the competition was a little more stiff. We'll start with CBS because uh, part of the competition there was a show that uh, I just told uh, Greg and Chico about for the first time uh, before we started recording. It aired for four episodes, and it was called Con. Con! Con! Not that con, but darn if it isn't funny just saying it. And taking a look at Khan again, four episodes. It looks like seven actually were made, but four aired. The only name of consequence on Khan was Vic Tabak. But NBC, they had a little bit stronger competition. They had a TV show at 8 o'clock called Sanford and Son. And then at 8.30, they had... Chico and the Man? Ooh. Yeah, that's a one-two punch back in 74, 75. But then uh, later on that season, it's moved to its third time slot, which was 8 o'clock on Saturdays. And uh, really the big competition there was you had reruns of All in the Family on CBS – I think that's all I need to say there. But actually, NBC had some pretty good competition as well in emergency. So you had emergency uh, for the whole hour on NBC, and then you had All in the Family from 8 to 8.30 uh, on Saturday nights, albeit reruns. This is all reruns at this point, but still third time slot, and uh, it was gone. I wonder if 10 o'clock was too late and 8 p.m. was too early, maybe? Maybe. I mean, definitely, this comes across as a little creepy, a little terrifying for something you want to show at 8 o'clock.
2: Yeah. But then I think about this show and a spiritual successor that would come some 20 years later in the X-Files on Fox. And I'm just thinking to myself, maybe Kolchak the Night Stalker, was a little bit too ahead of its time. Yeah, possible you have, the, you have the X-Files, the Buffy the Vampire Slayers, Angel, Supernatural, Lucifer, which is on Netflix just wrapping up its run. I guess we're too far removed from Dark Shadows to be of any relevancy, but way too ahead of its time. Because I watched the episode and it is some really solid storytelling oh yeah
1: it definitely is it, it intrigues you through the first 50 minutes because it's always like Kolchak's trying to get to the bottom of this story and everyone's like oh no no Kolchek. You no this is all no and then he gets to the bottom of the story and then like some shenanigans happen and yeah and he doesn't get like the entire because it's like obviously it's not gonna be like oh the UFO it's like oh yeah he finds the UFO holy f and s it's a he UFO finds, yeah.
2: it's it's a, oh my god it's a UFO oh my god it's a succubus oh my god it's a zombie oh my god it's an android oh my god it's a chupacabra no no and and actually this might figure into why this show was actually canceled after its first season because and this is again citing Truth by Consensus Wikipedia. Darren McGavin found himself rewriting the scripts and doing much of the work as a producer, but he never got the full credit or the full compensation. And he wasn't really happy with this whole Monster of the Week thing, you know, like what Doctor Who had since 2005. So he asked to be released from his contract with two episodes remaining, and in light of the show's dwindling ratings the network thought, okay. Well, an interesting thing on the way to the television graveyard, speaking of graveyard, CBS decided to run reruns of Kolchak, the Night Stalker, in Late Night, and it did so well that it was brought back in 1979, 1981, and 1987. And Truth be told, all 20 episodes were not fully seen in their entirety since 1975 until Sci-Fi Channel picked up the rights to broadcast them when it went on the air. I'm guessing they uh, squeezed it in between Lost in Space and Space 1999.
1: so Something like that. Well... That's all we gotta say about Kolchek, the Night Stalker. Yep. What do we have to say
2: about this? It had zombies, it had voodoo, it had vampires, it had succubi, it had androids, it had werewolves, it had every sort of mythical being that you could possibly imagine and possibly cram within 20 episodes of season. And it was incredibly brilliantly run, but alas, back in 1975... Kolchak the Night Stalker was a very brilliant thing on TV.
1: Yes.
0: And yeah, one thing is missing. There was no Robert
2: Lozier.
1: Yeah, but you know what else you can get? Yeah.
2: You can get plenty of Robert Lozier, especially in one of the last week's episodes. And it was a thing on TV.com. We have over 250 episodes worth of content from Main episodes to mini-episodes to live shows to remasters. We just uploaded the 20th final remaster. So if you want to relive the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire knockoffs of 2000, they're there for you. And also, you can follow us on all the social media, and it was a thing on TV, except for Facebook. You have to follow us, listen very carefully now, it was a thing on TV podcast.
1: I'm ready to get down. It was a thing on TV. Okay, I'll remember it. Podcast. You'll yeah. remember
2: it? Okay, good. Okay. And, and also, we are on the YouTube, and if you want to follow up on the adventure, go ahead, like, subscribe, hit the bell. To stay up to date on future entries. And also, don't forget to uh, check us out on place2bnation com, where we have the weekly drops. And
1: Okay. Oh. All right. Last week, I said I was going to put in American Gladiators ripoffs. I lied. I didn't include it. But this week, it'll be on American Gladiators ripoffs. It will be included on this week's drop. And the MLB versus Celebrity Softball game. And you know who else is on that episode?
2: Robert Loja. Whoa, Robert
1: Loja! Drink your orange juice, kid. And, of course, we got the mini-sode with Turn On, so.
2: So that's all coming this coming week. Also coming up this coming week, Halloween Uh, continues with a couple of really good stories. First of all, uh,
1: yeah, we got an anthology TV movie coming up. Oh, yeah, from the 1970s. And, guys, I put this on the schedule because there is a reason why, why this that? this TV movie is on the schedule. Well, I'm not going to tell you guys. You're going to have to wait till next week to find that out.
2: Okay, fine. And also, next week, we round out Halloween with everybody's favorite Halloween master. No, not that guy. No, not that one either. Any questions? Gee, I wonder
1: what that could be a reference to.
0: Go-to classic? I I wouldn't even consider it a classic, but, well, it it, it did uh, produce a a Halloween special a number of years ago after one appearance on a late-night show. But a memorable
1: appearance on a late-night show.
0: Memorable in some ways, but...
2: Yeah, I've got questions. Yeah, let me put it to you this way. What Paul Lind was in the 1970s, and you can go back to last Halloween for our coverage on that. This is in 2017. Yeah. The only thing we're missing is witchy poo and uh, a star-spangled cowboy suit.
0: Oh great! Now I've got questions, but I'm guessing they're, <laughs> but I'm like, guessing they're not going to get answered until next week. Correct. And that is
2: all coming up next week on It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Wow!